This morning, I came downstairs after I woke up and Leon was on the couch watching football and he goes, oh, look, George Bush is there. And I confusingly turned around and I just smiled and he goes, I mean, Reggie Bush. <laughs> I was like, Reggie Bush, George Bush, some Bush, all the same. No, all the same. no. <laughs> also, we're, we're theorizing that we most likely have COVID. Yeah, so I am putting part of the blame COVID foggy brain. I'm blaming COVID. Yep. It wasn't you're not in your right mind. Exactly. Okay. So here's the theory and why this show is late this week. I'm so sorry. But as you know, I was sick last week. Leon left for a conference. I was doing better before he came home. He came home and I got a fever the next day coughing. I'm sick again. Very strange. Leon gets a text tonight. Someone at the conference that he was with basically the entire time has COVID. So I think I had a cold. I was sick. I was slowly getting better. And now we have COVID. But thank you for your grace always. Just kind of an explanation of why we have to put this out a little bit late. We've also been getting a decent amount of new listeners. Yes. So thank you all for joining. Welcome. Welcome to the shit show. Welcome <laughs> to the pod. This is awesome. Thank you. All right. Today we are talking about Married at First Sight, season 15, episode 16. This isn't best friends at first sight. The opening scene is Mitch hanging out with his nieces. Very sweet, but they do have a split decision. One says yes, one says no. Yeah, this was a great scene set up and kind of led the way of how a lot of the couples are thinking at the moment. Oh, yes. Then we see Justin eat a doggy treat and then mama bird it to Newton. I'm 30. I've never felt the need <laughs> to sample a dog treat. Did I tell you that my brother tricked me into eating cat food when we were kids? That's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. So I have tried cat food. It is as disgusting as you would think. But you never did it on purpose. No. Yeah. Was he just feeding Newton, Newton and was I, like, I this know. smells great. No, I'm going to try it. I'm not doing it. Maybe he's like, it looks like popcorn. Let me just compare. Not so much. Then we have a scene of Stasha saying... That she doesn't know if she can even have a conversation with her husband without triggering his insecurities. And I have lots of thoughts and feelings about Stasha in their segment, so I'll save it. But boy, is she exhausting. I will save it as well. They seem to be the couple that was maybe the most in trouble or most change in our opinions of what we thought before. Yeah, like they're way more rocky right now at the end than I would have ever anticipated. But again, we'll save it. We are going to start with Kristen and Mitch. Kristen's doing a face mask. She puts it on Mitch. It's really cute bonding. Mitch jokes, clean my wrinkle. <laughs> Couples doing face masks together is a great bonding experience. You're sort of hanging out. You're more relaxed. You really can't do too much. You don't want to ruin the face mask. Fun fact, we do face masks, so I am very into skincare. I have lots of products, and so I'll have Leon wash his face. We'll double cleanse. We'll do the mask. It's cute. It's bonding. It's something I enjoy, so it's fun when you do it as well. Kristen is interesting. She mentions if they would poke with the mask on or if that would be weird. I could see Mitch kind of being into it. No, he's totally into but it. This couple, it's really strange to gauge them because in some ways, I think Kristen is 
sort of at peace that she's going to move on from this experience. But then she wants Mitch to profess his love or sort of profess his commitment to her for her to say yes. And I'm like, man, Kristen, you're really confusing me. And that's exactly what she says when she meets up with her friend. She talks about that she is at peace, but that she's craving validation from Mitch. When she mentioned she was at peace, that's me thinking, oh, you're you're clearly going to move on. You tried with this man. Oh, I took that differently. I took oh. it as you're at peace with your decision to say yes. Oh, no. Oh, wow. Okay. I took that as like, I've tried my best. He's called me out on my looks, uh, wearing makeup. I'm at peace with my decision. That that that's okay. amazing that we both that we got a different um wow. Kristen's friend asks, "What if it doesn't work out?" Kristen responds with, "My eggs would dehydrate and fall out of my butt." I really like Kristen. I thought that was hilarious. She's low key a nerd. Yeah, and I love it. But I also don't want her to say yes out of desperation. Like she feels like this is her last shot. How old is Kristen? I don't remember. Upper? Th- no, she's she's low 30s. Low 30s, no. I thought. Girl, this is not your last chance. You have time. You, Plenty not, of time. Not your last chance. MVP of the episode is probably Mitch's brother. When he goes to have a conversation with him, I feel like he was getting on Mitch's level. Telling him things he needed to hear in the way that would reach him. Mitch talks about how Kristen is finally comfortable But he again says that thing about having a separate life, which kind of drives me crazy. He says he has separate lives, and it's hard for him to think about being married to Kristen in his everyday life. And that's a huge red flag for me. I I wonder if he means his profession. Like, sometimes I'm confused because, yes, I understand you have a professional life. But most of the time, your professional life isn't going to be a part of your marriage. But then... Then he talks about not riding his bike, not surfing. So I'm like, okay, I understand. So that's the piece of your other life that you're talking about, which in reality is just your hobbies. Being with Kristen is not going to make you um, stop doing the things you're interested in. If anything, this experience just forces you to put a pause on some of those events because you need to take the time to get to know this person. Once you're committed you can be more normal and, hey, I'm going to go surf with um, my friends. Is that cool? Like Saturday morning or whatever he does. I'm going to go on a bike ride. But does he want that? As far as the amount wanting of time? To, yeah, wanting to incorporate Kristen into that. Having to ask, I don't want to say ask for permission, but take her opinion into consideration. I think Kristen seems really easygoing. I can't see her force Mitch to stay in and... You know, hang out with me all day. Yeah. Because it kind of seems like she probably likes to do her own thing, has her own friends, wants to go hang out with them. Like, I think they could gel really well. Mitch says, I do love her, but I am not in love with her. And proceeds to talk about their good partnership and the good times they have together. And this is where his brother really shined to me. Mitch's brother said, you don't realize how rare it is to find someone you are a good partner with. I'm scared you will walk away from a good thing because you have too high of an expectation. This was when Mitch's brother was essentially mentioning, how do you feel when you're together? Do you enjoy her presence? And he says, yes. And I think actually in a way, Mitch's brother was trying to tell him like that is love and he can't see that. No, he is concentrating on the what if so much. 
that it's distracting him from what a good thing he has. Mitch and Kristen go out to dinner and they talk about what their life would look like if they both said yes. Mitch says that they don't need to move too quick a few days a week to be two separate people in a relationship. A little bit of a red flag. I think he should have described this more as, I just need time to decompress away from the cameras, the production. Like this is so much going on so fast. If I could just take a couple days to breathe. Okay, Kristen, let's do our thing. Let's plan where we're going to live. Let's keep going. And I wish he would clarify that because I agree. I think that's where he's coming from versus saying almost like I need a break from you and this marriage. He tried to clarify that later on this episode, but I think he still stumbled trying to break it down. Mitch says it's a yes for him, but he is not going to declare his love and asks, is that enough? Kristen meets that with a smile and a chuckle. I thought she was going to go off on this dude. It was a little rough. Because in the back of her mind, she's thinking... The amount of shit I have done for this man. And also, she's giving him a perfect roadmap. She says she will take any little bit from Mitch. She says, I'm happy to hear you would like to continue. It's not what I want to hear, but I'm grateful for it. And as always, she's willing to bend for what Mitch will give her. He does apologize for the honeymoon incident, though. It was so honest and genuine of... You can tell because he's having such a good time with Kristen now. He's like, why was I such a fucking idiot back then? Yeah. And he he says, I wish I just played it cooler. And maybe if he had just not gone through that and realized his emotions getting stronger and stronger. Like, wow, initially I thought I wasn't attracted to Kristen, but now I am. Like, I'm so thankful I didn't mention that, but he did. And she was so graceful during this entire conversation. So nice. Didn't get upset, even over the shitty things he did say. At the end of the dinner, Mitch says, I'm afraid to lose you, and I don't want to lose you. They totally went home and poked. Good for them. The faces they were making, well, the faces Kristen was making was like, (laughs) I'm getting some tonight. Then we see them brushing their teeth together. Kristen says that she has a question, and, you know, just for tonight, and he immediately knew what she wanted, for Luna to sleep in the bed. Now, this is where I go into they're becoming the same person. I joke with you all the time when we finish each other's sentences that we share one tiny brain. I can see it starting with them. Dr. Pepper comes on the screen to tell us, oh, it is the couple's last night together. Do not come on my screen telling us it is the last night the couples will spend together. No, no, no. You and your friends have been absent for 90% of the season. I don't even want to see you in this, these pre-recorded segments that have nothing to do with the couples. You provided no help. You're letting them flounder. Yeah, the lack of... I, you know, honestly, I'd have to go back to previous seasons to compare how many sit-downs. But even, honestly, even remote calls. I wonder if some of this is actually cut and they do contact the experts either by chat or video call that we just don't see just because maybe it's not riveting TV. Maybe, but I wish we even got something. Like, even a 30-second clip of someone going, yeah, I had my weekly check-in with Pastor Cal today, and that's it, and we move on. Like, just something to know that they're there. Because from a viewer standpoint, it's like they don't even exist. They clean Luna's wrinkle together, and they're such a good team. They work together to get Luna and her downward tail from from underneath the bed very sweet. He gave her a treat. 
When they have their family meeting in bed, Mitch says that Kristen helped him become a better person and that it's natural for them to be a good team. See, what more do you need? Like, that's why you should not end that. Mitch follows that up with, I want you to know that I really do appreciate you. And there's a lot of love. I do love you and you're a beautiful person. I need you to know that. So he can do everything except say in love with you. Yes, I love you and I'm in love with you and I want to spend my life with you. What are your thoughts on that? Like if you went to this experiment and someone just did everything but just couldn't say they're in love after eight weeks, would that be a red flag for you? No, not at all. That wouldn't be for me either. Eight weeks. Eight weeks? You're lucky if I'm sharing a bed with you in eight weeks. Again, stranger, sleep on the couch. Sure. (laughs) The next day we see them packing, getting ready to go. Mitch does clarify, or at least tries to, by what he meant by not living together. He said he just needs a break. And I'm, again, I wish he would have just said, from the experience, not you. They have a quick kiss goodbye. That's it. Do you want to do our prediction now for each couple or at the end altogether? I say now for each couple, but um, whoever kisses goodbye, that was a little telling, I thought, just a little bit. I mean, Alexis and Justin kiss goodbye. Did they, though? Because it was a weird angle shot. It was a weird angle. I guess we don't really know. They touched foreheads. Sure. (laughs) Okay, so would you like to go first? I think the couple's grown a lot during the eight weeks. I think that Kristen has put up with a lot of shit. Honestly, honestly going above and beyond. The, The amount that she was compromising for the longest time made me think that there is no way she's gonna say yes. Honestly, seems like I'm not going to call her desperate, but it's almost like she knows you can't get 100%. You're going to get yeah. the 80. And I think she's you know, leaning towards that direction. I think Mitch has come to the conclusion that there's no fucking way I'm ever going to have anyone better than Kristen. <laughs> That's willing to put up with him. I'm going to say they say yes. That with is an, also my prediction. With an asterisk, if they were to say no, I think it's going to be Kristen. But okay, I think they're going to say yes. Well, yes. That's... I'm. I do not see Mitch saying no at this point when he's finally expressing some enjoyment of Kristen. But no, my prediction is the same. They will both say yes on decision day. We move on to Stasha and Nate. Stasha's talking to her friend and opens up about the living situation and the fears that Nate has as well as the worries that then she has. Nate is on the phone talking to his dad, his sister, and mystery man in the driver's seat with the sister. And he also talks about the living situation. Not a ton there, but then we move topics. Stasha's concerned that he has never been in love and that he is just going through the emotions. How do you feel about that? Do you think that he is just going through the emotions? I I think he does care about Stasha. I think they formed a good bond so I'm not going to say that I feel he's just going through the motions. And he iterates this in this show. I mean, you got a fucking tattoo. I'm not going through the motions and getting a fucking tattoo. That's no. just not going to happen. He is like 32. Never been in love. If you're with someone. I, okay, man. If you're with someone with two years and you live with them and you're not in love. That's a bit odd. It's a bit odd. But would you take that into consideration in your current relationship with that person? how so like is it a red flag to you are you basing your current relationship on that i guess is my question i guess it it just signals to you what someone is willing to do 
even if they're not in love and inevitably it didn't work out for that relationship. So is that going to be a repeat in this one? That's true. As much as I say, oh, no, I wouldn't base my relationship on your ex and your relationship. I mean, it is kind of a red flag. Because you did go through the motions. Yep. You did move in together. You did yep. stay with that person for two years. You know, so, some folks will probably think that you shouldn't do that. This is a totally new experience, new relationship, new person in front of you. I get that. But not everyone grows over time. We don't know the Nate beforehand. The Nate we're seeing now could be the exact same Nate that was in that two-year relationship. That's why I'm just, I can't make, I mean, I can make assumptions one way or another. But I'm just thinking that. Yes, I would take a little bit of that into account. I also want to know the timeline of that. How old was he? Was he like 21 to 23? Exactly. Was he 28 to 30, which is not far off to where we are now? We because, don't know. Because, I mean, Nate was concerned that Stasha cheated before when she was super young, 10 years ago. It's a non-issue. It's a non-issue to everyone. Sure. If this is a similar situation, is it fair to even put it into account? Probably not, because if you're low 20s, I mean, just the way you're going through life, paying rent, getting your grounding, yeah, you might live someone and just not be in love. I get it. It's so hard, because that's what I'm thinking of, is was he really young? But at the same time, to say you've never been in love, that is hard. It's so individualized. Like, why is that his fault? And now he's considered not a great husband because of that? I don't know. Which goes back to the point. If someone didn't tell me they were in love with me in two months, I wouldn't be that worried. Yeah, same. Nate and Stasha go out to a dinner together. And Stasha wants to know about the L word. How he's feeling. Does he feel close to being able to say it? Nate says that he can see himself falling in love with Stasha. But he cannot walk around naked yet. He is not comfortable with her. And I think that's really interesting because you are having sex, it sounds like, regularly. You, on national television, were in this dungeon thing. You showed the camera multiple times of how to uh, use certain products. Now I'm wondering if he was just using that as an expression of, like, I can't reveal my true self to you all the time. Like, I'm not... But maybe it is that direct of, like, he just can't walk around naked, which I... I he probably did. I get what you're saying, but I think he literally means naked. <laughs> and I would be right there with you of, I mean, you're being intimate with this person. They're seeing every part of you. Yeah. I don't really know what you're holding back for. Exactly. Then Stasha just keeps poking at this man. She starts with saying, I don't know if he will ever have the love feeling. That was in an interview. And to him, she says, I know you go through the motions in the morning, but I feel like it could be deeper. That right there set everything off. Rude as hell. So him trying doesn't mean shit to you. Why does a morning snuggle to you just read as you're just going through the motions? Yeah. Why are the nice things he's doing for you and he's, you can tell he's actively doing these things for you and trying to make you feel loved. Why doesn't that matter? She says, I don't feel like you have the burning desire. We are just going through the emotions. And this just sets Nate off. As it would me. It just sets him off. He's not feeling this at all. Also, why do you have to have a burning desire in eight weeks? I think Stasha's just worried. She's just worried about, same as everyone else, the what ifs. What if it doesn't work out? What if he takes advantage of me? What if he just like wants me for my money? Like I need 
these sort of commitments or flags of burning desire. But in that worrying, she's showing how insecure she is. I would agree. And she's putting it all on him. Like she is perfect and she has done everything that he has asked. But no, you've given me nothing. And that's bullshit because she has given him some shit to deal with as well. I'm moving ahead a little bit. I didn't like how Stasha pokes at him for not using certain tools in the heat of the argument. I get it. You've gone to therapy in your past. I don't know how much. Like a lot of this is new for Nate. Like if he's having emotions, he doesn't want to talk about something. You just got to deal with that. He can't just like get an exercise out or use a tool. Also, you are not going to be married to yourself. Like you have to get over that. It's not going to be a perfect mirror of you and how you deal with situations. It just isn't. Things are getting a little bit more heated, but they're pretty respectful of each other. There's no name calling or yelling. Nate asks, do you think I'm going through the motions when I get a fucking tattoo on my hand? And I feel like that's a pretty big commitment. If getting a tattoo on a revealing or very external part of yourself isn't enough to show you that I'm committed, I don't know. That's pretty evident to me from Nate. Nate says, I have deep feelings for you. I feel like I'm showing you what is missing. And Stasha replies, the love part. This is all a roundabout way of her saying, I just need you to tell me that you love me. And he's like, I just can't do that right now. And again, eight weeks. So for you, say you're on this experiment. Someone cannot, will not say I love you, but is snuggling you, giving you all of these, I don't know, other ways of showing they care for you. Is it that big of a deal? No, I think you have to give people grace. This is a crazy experiment. I get it. You're married, but you still have to build a relationship with this person. As long as you're on the upward trajectory, I think it's totally fine. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's probably a safety net for these people if it ends in divorce within a certain time period. So like, I think they're putting a little too much into this or maybe they're, you know, the way you judge other couples around you, like maybe, you know, of a couple next to you that has said those words and they have expressed that. And you're like, well, I want that too in my relationship. Why am I not doing that? Nate walks away and in an interview, he brings up a really good point. He says, if I tell her I love her, how would she believe me? And I fully agree. Even if he said, I love you, she would not believe him. She would have another reason that she doesn't feel love from him. If he says, I love you, given that Stasha has already judged his actions as going through the motions or not truthful in a way, there's no way she would believe that. No. They meet inside to continue their argument. And Nate says, what do we do when we decide it's not enough? I'm stuck with you. I don't want to be with someone that doesn't think I'm genuine. And then Stasha says, I never said that you were not genuine, but she did. That was the whole conversation. You said you feel like he's going through the emotions. But then Stasha says, like, stuck with me? He's like, yeah, you don't have yeah. to be stuck with me. I'm like, man, this... <laughs> This conversation is going to go downhill so fast. But it's so annoying because this has been their problem the whole season. What does he need to do? Even when she is baking with her mom and she just says, oh, he hasn't proven to me. Her mom tries to tell her, you just need to trust the process. You just need to trust people. Stasha is not dumb. And I hate when she tries to bring it like, oh, I didn't know. I didn't say that. No, no, no. You did say he was not genuine. Stop. 
you constantly need him to prove himself, but you don't take his insecurity seriously. It was such bad timing. You are at almost the finish line. It seems like things are going very well for you. Again, you're on that upward trajectory. Why are you attacking this man's actions right now? Okay, question. Is it self-sabotage? That's the only thing I could think of. We've seen other couples where it seems like everything is just going perfect. Then it's almost like I feel like the show has to create some kind of drama to make you think like, oh man, maybe they're going to say no. But in the way that they're having this conversation, it's very real. Nate is very offended. This seems like a real situation that this couple might say no. I think it's adding a lot of doubt to Nate's mind. I think he was way more confident than these last few days. Because in a way, yes, he can't say he's in love with you, but he's doing all the right things. He's putting himself out there. He's trying to talk about his emotions. I know he's got a couple walls up. He communicates so well. And for him to do all that, and then she just says, you're just going through the motions. I'm like, wow, you and B. <laughs> Now, a very inappropriately timed question during bedtime was, what do you enjoy about being married to me? Did, no. you, did you see Nate's face? <laughs> no, before the question was asked, he looks fucking out of it. Like, I don't want to fucking talk. I got all these cameras fucking set up around me. She's going to ask me some dumb shit. And then it's that question. <laughs> <laughs> and then he takes so long to respond. I like out of nowhere that they have added a clock sound. In his mind, he's like, I cannot fucking believe she just asked me this as we're mid-argument. Yeah, haven't reconciled yet. What do you like about me? That was like some weird movie mean girl energy shit. It was. You know what's funny? The way he answered it, it was like, I like your friendship and like who you are. Yeah. Just, you know, you're on self. They talk about regrets, how they don't have any regrets. And Stasha asks if he wants to take back what happened. He says that he apologizes. He has also already apologized and that he is regretful if, you know, that's the answer you're looking for. That was funny that they both first said we have no regrets. And then Sasha's like, are you sure? You have regrets. I think you do. (laughs) I think you do. And then Sasha can't stop poking. We get to he's apologized. He said he's apologized. We've moved on. Well, we should move on. But then she goes, but it will just continue to happen. How can he prove that he's sorry if you can't even accept two apologies now? Yeah, in some way, now that you're breaking this down, it really does seem like Stasha is looking for a way out. Kind of does, right? Why keep poking? You wanted the apology. You got the apology. You got two. What more do you need? You can't have him guarantee it will never happen again in your lives. Starts grilling him about using the tools in the moment. You talked about that a little bit. He says he just, it's hard for him. And he's being very honest and open that it's hard for him in the moment. Nate lists all the ways he has tried to make this right. And she doesn't acknowledge it at all. And then he brings up a good point. I need affirmation. You don't give me any of that. The end of the conversation, he says, right now, I choose happiness over this marriage any day. That is leaning towards no. I mean, I would also pick happiness. Well, also something I wanted to come to Sasha's defense a little bit here. She mentions that when Nate was talking to his family, 
his dad says, you can have fun and have kids. And he's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Stasha brings it up with, you also, in a way, like, you don't respect what I say. Like, I, I tried to explain to you, like, I want to be a fun parent with the kiddos. And you just, like, threw that aside. But the moment your dad says, yeah, it's possible, you're like, yeah, 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 okay, cool. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I kind of understood, like, I was like, wow, that was pretty powerful. And they kind of glossed over that really quickly on the show. Exactly. So if dad says it, it holds a lot more weight. Than your wife speaking to you? And it's hard to say because, of course, he really respects his dad and he's known him his whole life, known Stasha for eight weeks, so probably doesn't respect her as much. But again, that is your wife. So you got to be open and honest with your wife. Nate's being a little butt there. (laughs) Uh, You want to go first this time? Yeah, I'll go first. I say even though it's not great right now, I do not see this ending their relationship. They will both say yes. I would agree. I think they're both going to say yes. I think they've had way too many positive moments throughout the season. I think they're going, they've grown pretty close, even if Stosh is kind of being wishy-washy right now about it. In the preview, though, they do kind of, they show us a little bit of an argument, and I just hope that's all just for the, the preview. But I, yeah, I think they'll say yes. Then we see Lindy video chatting with her sister. I forgot she had a sister, because we always saw the brother featured. You know what's interesting? Lindy's sister and her brother look alike. Well, I guess Lindy does too, but her hair color is different. Lindy and the sister look a lot alike, and they, they talk yeah, alike. True, and they're both distracted. <laughs> okay, but the other sister's distracted because like her fucking kids. Yeah, but she does say like that's part of her personality. But then I wonder if the sister understood like yeah, I can see how that could be fucking annoying. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was trying to get at last episode. So she knows it's a part of kind of who she is. And she's just like, oh, that's just how I am. But does that mean people have to accept you or should you work on that? I don't know. I feel like if someone voiced, that gets really annoying when I'm trying to talk to you. You're like, well, deal with it. Exactly. Maybe I don't want to deal with it. I don't have to. (laughs) (laughs) She opens up about Miguel's stonewalling and how it's been recently. And the sister had pretty decent advice. You have to think about who needs the most care at that moment. When to set aside your stuff and kind of take care of that person in the moment. Now, we didn't get to see Miguel talk to anyone, did we? I have no notes on him. Not even a and d friend. I feel like they showed us him talking to someone in like a highlight, but they didn't actually like go into it. In my notes, I wrote, oh no, another winery. Ooh. I just assume it was just bad vibes. It wasn't going to go well, but it was all right, I guess. If anything, it was a similar discussion. It just was more cordial. Okay. I felt like their entire scenes this episode was just a repeat. We are just talking about the exact same thing. We come to no resolution and both of them do not take responsibility. I think it's interesting when you watch these final episodes, if couples are dealing with something and there's really no pathway to a resolution it really kind of not that it worries me because i'm just like a fan (laughs) watching the couch like i don't give a shit right but i can see how it could be worrisome for their relationship uh we just passed them but like stasha and nate like they're having an issue and at the moment it doesn't seem like there's really a path to resolution which might spill over to decision day which i hope it doesn't but same thing with lindy and miguel like i don't see how they're gonna get past this when they've, they've had these disagreements already, but it doesn't really seem like they've improved any. Like, no one's changed who they are. No, and no one can even admit they were at fault. 
Miguel says, this weekend isn't who I am. Yes, it literally is. Yes, it is. When <laughs> oh. you are tired slash hangry slash whatever the fuck was going on, that is how you act. Yeah, and he says, oh, well, I don't like being called accused of being controlling. You are controlling. Their time at the winery kind of ends with Miguel talking about how he doesn't know if he can handle Lindy's theatrics. I think, and I understand where he's coming from, he hasn't dated someone that is so, or can be so in your face, so raw. But I feel like he's the exact same way. No, but I know, but he's... But he hasn't dealt with it firsthand. He's never dealt with it. So if I'm being honest, that that's, he's not dealt with it before. It's probably not come out of him as well. Like, not returning the energy, but just getting to that level. Probably. Like, I'm sure he's been this way before, but I think not to this level. It's just being heightened. Later, when Miguel is packing, they're in the apartment. We're having the exact same conversation again. I thought it was interesting that Miguel said that he wants her to voice if she feels that he is being controlling. Because that is a damn lie. He absolutely never wants to hear that. If she says, hey, I think you're being a bit controlling right now, he'll go, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Yep, exactly. Okay, cool. So I'm just making that up now. Lindy then echoes that she doesn't want to be accused of being disrespectful because she is just being herself. And then I always go back to, but is that something you should work on? Maybe, maybe a little bit. That doesn't mean you're not being true to yourself. You're just going to improve that version of yourself, I guess. They kiss and they said they'll see each other tomorrow. Not too much on them. No, but what is your prediction? Oh, man. There's just... Honestly, I'm not even worried if I say a bunch of yeses because we've seen a lot of yeses on Decision Day. (laughs) I'm okay being wrong with this, honestly. I'm going to say... That Lindy says yes and Miguel says no. Ooh, spicy. I could see it. I think that he will realize that they are just not that compatible. And he's just seen things in her that he's not comfortable having in a partner long term. Whereas Lindy, I think she's, even though she's expressed her feelings, I feel like she could be more blind in the decision to say yes. Well, she's made it very clear no matter who she was matched with. Divorce is not an option, so I think she was pretty clear there. My prediction is that they both say yes. I'm just so off the Miguel train that I just, he needs to work on himself. I wish she would not say yes to him, but they are yeah. both going to say yes. I'm okay being wrong. God, yeah, they probably are going to say yes. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> That's all right. I'm okay being wrong. Then we have Justin talking to his mom. He thought that when he gave Maya up that it would be an automatic yes from Alexis without ever talking to her, without just asking her. Justin also talks about how he wants to feel desired, and it's only about Alexis' pleasure. Now, I'm very close with my mother. I talk to her every single day. I'm not talking about pleasure with her. Like, it's just not going to happen. My mom will never tell me you need to be more freaky. No. Not going to happen. No. We have lines that we do not cross. (laughs) Boundaries are there. But then he's like, but mom, I am freaky. Mom, I'm freaky. Oh, God. (laughs) That's how I took it when he said that. (laughs) This would just never come up. Then we have Alexis talking to her mom as well. She says he has great qualities, but I'm split for sure. And then we talk a lot about him being in his own head. But honestly, I just don't think she is attracted to him. Do you think it's more physical or just the way he is as far as his character? Both. I think that the charmingness of how sensitive he is has worn off. 
I think physically she's not as attracted to him anymore. I mean, was she? I don't know. That's debatable as well. But man, since the honeymoon, things have just gone downhill only. Yeah, Alexis might. I'm sure Alexis would be into someone that's as tall as Justin, but probably like more (laughs) athletic. Yes. More of an athlete. I mean, she's an athlete. I was just going to say. Yeah. Mom doesn't want her to stay just because she's a runner. Man, that says a lot of your mom knows you're a runner. I don't think anything we saw on this episode from them has changed whatsoever as far as my opinion if they're going to stay together or not. I think that Alexis, if anyone's been going through the motions for a couple weeks, I think it's been Alexis. I think she sort of shows or tries to tell Justin, like, I hear you, I'm listening, I understand you. But I think in reality, she's never honest with him. Oh, she's just not into him. Later in the episode, we see Justin and Alexis sitting in a garden of sunflowers. They talk about him being stuck in his head again. And Alexis talks about how proud she is that he is saying this, but that she also needs to create a safer space for him. I don't think she's willing to create that space. We've seen week after week, Alexis essentially putting this man on blast. Insults. In any opportunity, scenario, circle of friends. It hasn't changed. Again, I think, I don't know when she checked out. Maybe it was relatively early on in the season, but she's done things that kind of make you think like, oh, she's still in this process. I feel like she checked out at their first argument. Like, never recovered, didn't care, we're done. Justin says he wants to be desired and wants her to initiate intimacy sometimes. And don't worry, he told her what his mom said. And yeah, she was taken aback. (laughs) Right. It is kind of a fascinating case study that Alexis is such a dominant person, but in that part of life, she does not want to play that role. And this is where we get the line of the show. Alexa says, this isn't best friends at first sight. We might be better off as friends. Who knows? And she snuck it in there. We, we know she's done. I was also surprised the show wasn't titled Going Through the Motions. Yeah, that would have been good too. They're talking in bed about decision day. Alexa still doesn't know. She's split, but she feels like she should be full throttle. She follows that up with, We've had some beautiful times. Nothing of what she says makes me think they're going to be together. No, she is writing her goodbye. She already said like, oh, you have a great family. (laughs) Come on. Just fucking take Mitch as the example. Mitch was the ultimate like, there's no fucking way. This is a lost cause. Even him in his final moments is saying, don't want to lose you. I want to be with you. Literally, it's telling me he is a yes. And we have Alexis over here like, eh. Could be friends. Best friends, though. Might be better. Then all the couples go and ride go-karts, but it seemed like way more souped up than that. Mini cars? They were like trikes. Oh, they were trikes. Were they? Okay. they were trikes. At the end, Miguel asked how everyone is feeling, and Alexis immediately turns it around and says, well, how are you guys feeling? Did she ever answer? No. No. Of course not. That was fucking weird. Justin says he had a moment where he was adamant that he was going to say no, but his mom helped him realize that he is stuck in his head. Then we cut to Stasha, who is so rude in front of everyone. That's disrespectful as hell of your relationship and to your husband. She says, 
You have a lack of emotional experience and that can irritate me at times. I'm having to explain all of these things and the whys behind them and it feels like you don't trust what I say. I mean, isn't the whole problem that she doesn't trust him and what he says? Nate does a good job of keeping his cool, even though you can kind of tell he was uh, taken aback like, oh, okay. The fact that you want to put me down and put yourself on a pedestal in front of all of our friends, that's shitty. Like, you're so much more grown. You're so much more mature. I am just on another level. Okay, then don't be with me. Say no. Mitch says it's not 100% clear to him what their decision will be, and Kristen reiterates that she needs validation. In an interview, Lindy says Kristen deserves so much better. And I don't know what this beef is between Lindy and Mitch, but she just always has some shit to say. There's a lot of inner beefs, just like Nate and Alexis. Nate absolutely hates her. And I guess Lindy... (laughs) I mean, Kristen sort of threw Mitch under the bus and a lot of the shit he said, which... I mean, he deserves it. deserving. (laughs) And then, you know, some of the gals stuck to that because they also haven't seen other moments of Mitch being a positive dude. Wait, we didn't do predictions for Justin and Alexis because we both know. (laughs) It was pretty fucking obvious. I could see Justin say yes just to send the message of like, I was always committed to this. I enjoyed our time together. Gave up my dog for you. And Alexis is going to let him off as nicely as she can. And she'll be a nice no. That's exactly what I think. I think Justin will throw this Hail Mary as a last, I'm committed to you, and she will say, no, thank you. Get that away from me. I'm batting it out of bounds. Although your, I guess, fantasy of what this would look like of Justin walking out with Maya by his side would be incredible. It's probably not going to happen. I just don't see it, but it would be incredible. It would be great television. And then we have, I think, the first outdoors decision day. I mean, there's been so many seasons. I'm surprised if it hasn't happened yet. But I can't remember one being outside. Same. It looks like they write letters to each other. It gets heated. We're still arguing about things. So it's going to be an interesting decision day. And I have very mixed feelings on seeing the experts at this point. But of course, they had to be there. I am really excited for this next episode. I'm really excited to... We have to do polls or something. We have to do polls. We, oh, we, we, we have to we have to get the wings out. We gotta get some wine going. We need to, I cannot wait to hear everyone's predictions, everyone's reactions. This is gonna be an incredible night on Twitter. Oh yes. Okay. Join us for live tweeting on Wednesday, the Eastern showing. We'll be there, we'll be live tweeting. Show me your drinks, show me what you're eating, what are your snacks? I mean, at some point, it's almost like the social media interaction is like 60% of the show. And oh, it four, makes the show so much 40% better. 40% is the show. If I didn't have the interactions I do with everyone, I think the show would be so much less interesting. And even just going back and forth, like how people can have, and I respect it, differentiating opinions. Oh, yeah. And it's great to see other people's perspectives on what they're seeing. Oh, yeah. People will go in our comments and tell us we're wrong all the time. It's totally fine. Totally I don't fine. mind. Totally fine. So definitely come hang out with us for that. Also on Monday, Sister Wives, usually if I can get it out Sunday, we'll put it out Sunday, but Mondays are the official release date for that. And I think since we're slowly crawling our way back to health, there shouldn't be an issue with that. So thank you for listening. Welcome to the new listeners. We appreciate you. And we'll talk to you on Monday for Sister Wives. Later. Bye.